All right. Well, it feels good. It feels good in the house. Um, so uh, for those of you that uh, have been around, um, you know that we are in the middle of a series called The Body, right? The Body and, and the true purpose of the church, what the church is, um, what we are to do as the church. And we've learned that we are the church, right? It's not this building. We've learned that we are the church. So uh, the church, uh, between Sunday to Sunday, the church is active and moving and breathing, right? Outside of these walls. Amen? Amen. Amen. So last week, uh, we learned that one of the purposes of the church uh, is to, to minister to God through worship. That was the the purpose of the church that we covered last week. And this week, we're going to be talking about uh, ministry to the world. Ministry to the world. That is our topic today. And before we go any further, let's go ahead and pray together. Uh, So join with me, please. Lord, we love you so much, God. We thank you for uh, your presence already being in this place in a tangible way that we can feel your presence. You are always here. You are always around us. You are always near, uh, but there is a time when you make your presence known. There is a time when you make your presence felt, and we thank you for feeling that tangible presence here this morning already. God, I pray that you would open our hearts. You would open our minds to receive your word this morning, that it would prick our hearts to move us into action, that we would be able to pick up something from your word today that would help us as a church in how we can impact our community. And uh, we pray all of this in your wonderful name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. I will uh, tell you guys up front that this is a topic that I personally, personally feel like I need to do a much better job of. So um, I'm just going to preface right up front that uh, everything today um, applies to this guy. And uh, and I want to make sure that I do a better job in this. But wouldn't it be something, you, you would really think so highly of me if I were this successful businessman that's very wealthy, that has... Uh, many, many uh, rental properties that has uh, a business that employs many people. And um, I am walking down the street as this wealthy man with much cash in my pocket. Amen. Hallelujah. And, uh, and so I'm walking down, say, the street, and there's a homeless man. There's a homeless man that Uh, looks feeble, looks weak, hasn't had food, hasn't had water, hasn't uh, had a shower, hasn't um, had a place to live and stay. And you wouldn't think too highly of me if I just blew right by that man, right? With all of the resources that I would have to just blow right by them, right? Or another one, and you may have heard this one as well, but what if 
I had the cure to cancer. Probably everyone in this room has been impacted somehow, some way by this sick, nasty disease, right? There's so much pain. There's so much sadness that comes with that. And I had the cure to resolve all that pain and all of that suffering. And I chose to withhold that information. Probably wouldn't be too happy with me. You might be angry at me. And today we are to talk about how we are to share what we know, what we live, what we experience in knowing Jesus Christ, our Savior, with the world. That is what we have. We have what we have is priceless. What I have is priceless. But do I share it enough? This is why I feel like I need to do a better job. Our primary purpose when it comes to ministry to the world is evangelism. It is to declare the gospel that we know that Jesus Christ came, he died for our sins. He rose again, giving us the power of the Holy Spirit to then share this message with others, right? That is the primary, primary purpose of the ministry to the world. And uh, in fact, our mission statement as a church, I'm going to ask for some participation here, but if you guys can help me with the mission statement of our church, it is to worship God, love people, and activate a mission. Activate a mission is one of uh, the primary purposes of the church, and that is what this is all about. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19 says, therefore, go, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I will always be with you to the very end of the age. Therefore, go, right? Go and make disciples of all nations. I'm proud to say that our Greater Than Me ministry is all about this. So here at the bridge, we have our Greater Than Me ministry that is all about this. And it is one of only four focus areas for our church. This is, again, a main purpose here at the bridge is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. But as I think through this, as I kind of alluded to earlier, for me personally, um, and as I was preparing for this sermon, I came across this question and it hit me pretty hard. There's several points that hit me pretty hard uh, in preparing for this. But this simple question of when is the last time that someone that you didn't know or they didn't know you tried to share the gospel with you? When's the last time? Because for me, it's been a long time. I don't know about you guys, but it's been a long time since someone has tried to share the gospel with me or that has even tried to ask me to a church, right? Not knowing me, not knowing any different, it just hasn't happened. 
In fact, about half of all churches do not have a ministry that goes outside of their four walls. Isn't that crazy? Like hard to believe, like half of all churches don't have a ministry to get outside of the four walls. And only at less than 2% of Christians participate in those ministries of evangelism. I'll repeat, less than 2% participate in those ministries of evangelism. This, it just keeps hit, it keeps coming. 68% of deacons, elders, church leaders have never led someone to Christ. I heard a mm. 68% of the church leaders have never led someone to Christ. And of course, for, that's going to be a higher percentage for all Christians, we would hope, right? 95% of all Christians have never led someone to Christ. Now, I didn't say that they've saved someone because we know there's only one that can do that. But 95% have never led someone to Christ. And it got me thinking, you know, as staggering as those statistics are, as I think about it, and, and like I said, there, there hasn't been anyone for I don't know how long that has, has tried to share the gospel with me. So unfortunately, these statistics aren't like super, super surprising either. It got me wondering why. Why is that? Jesus Christ himself gave us the great commission to do this exact thing, but yet we don't do it very much. And so uh, there are five reasons that I believe uh, we aren't doing this. I'll say five main reasons. And this has come through um, conversations with others. This has come from research. This has come from just doing some brainstorming myself. But hopefully, as we go through these reasons, um, I can help us through them to overcome them. All right? You guys follow me? All right. The first reason that I believe we don't share the gospel or even invite to church is because of fear. Right? Fear. I think we all deal with this. Uh, we all uh, get in our heads about, oh, I don't want to come across wrong. I don't, wanna, I don't want to um, impact, affect this relationship that I had. I don't want to offend anyone or annoy anyone. It can be just awkward. Anyone with me on that? The fear can just cripple us and cause us to, to be inactive in what we are called to do. And so Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. That's us, who have been called according to his purpose. Our purpose is to evangelize, to share the gospel. And if we can lean on that God's works are good for us who love him as we act out in the purpose of sharing his gospel, we can, we can find some strength, right, in that. We can find some confidence in knowing that God Almighty is backing me on this. Yes. 
right? Um, I, I'm, I've heard, uh, I just shared with the guest services team yesterday in our meeting um, that I, I've recently heard a pastor, and I, I feel the same exact way, say that um, I'm not the guy to believe that like every bad thing that happens in life is like the devil, the enemy, right? Like the gas runs out in the car and it's like, oh, dang devil got me again. No, it's just, I didn't go to the gas station and get gas, right? So I'm not the guy that's gonna like blame everything on the enemy, but I will also admit that far too often, I don't think it's a spiritual thing. Anyone relate with that? Far too often, I, I think it might be happenstance, but it is a spiritual warfare that takes place. And so when we can lean into God Almighty and know that he is gonna work good through us, then we can step into that more confidently. The second reason, the second reason is I just don't know how. Fair? I just, I just don't know how to share the gospel. And so I have a few tips that will hopefully help us, and these are more tactful types of tips that hopefully will help us know how to do this more. And the first one is just keep it simple. Sometimes we overcomplicate things in our head, and and that causes us to shut things down and maybe moves us back into that fear category. Keep it simple. If you need to, I've done this myself, write it out. That helps you think through it, you know, actually write it out. I remember um, having a a meeting, uh, a business meeting, where um, one of my higher-ups said, what's your elevator pitch? Sell yourself, what's your elevator pitch? Well, I made a gospel pitch for myself so that I could know how I wanted to articulate that and I could be more succinct in knowing and feeling confident in that. Keep it simple, write it out. Number two, build rapport. Build a relationship. If you walk up to someone for the first time not already having a relationship and you start spewing Jesus Christ at them right off the bat, that might not be the most effective approach. So how can we build some rapport? How can we build a relationship in order to do that more effectively? Uh, Tara and I, um, we... Um, had some friends that happened to be neighbors. Uh, They were new neighbors to us at the time, and we started building a relationship. We started having dinner at each other's houses, getting to know each other, just becoming friends, right? Nothing crazy, nothing special, just becoming friends. And eventually we had an event, a fun event for young adults here at the church, It was like a fun trivia night that we had going on. And so all we did at that point was invite some friends to a fun event. Made it really easy, right? Because we had that relationship. And now, years later, the Conways, which I don't don't see here today, but the Conways here have led link groups. You know, they have helped teach our children Um, They have been so faithful, so consistent. You guys know uh, their hearts are just gold. And so um, I wanted to look them in the face today and say, I'm so, so glad that our our paths have crossed, that God chose us to cross paths, uh, because I love those guys so much. 
Number three uh, tip is to pray. Let's take it to the spiritual place. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us, um, just to lead us and guide us, right, in the conversations. Um, when we do that, we find the words just kind of flowing out of us, and it doesn't have to be so difficult and, and hard to get through. But when the Holy Spirit will help lead us and give us wisdom in the words to work through that conversation, um, I don't know about you, but I like having him on my side. The fourth tip, listen and ask questions. Listen and ask questions. You all have probably heard that we have two ears and one mouth. So listen twice as much as you speak, right? This is a conversation that we're having. This isn't some presentation uh, that we are trying to come up with. So listen, ask questions so you know where they're at and what they need and what, what gaps can you fill possibly. Um, for them. So listen and ask questions. And lastly, as far as our tips go, is just to be patient and to give it time. Because I will tell you this, in most cases, uh, they're not going to come to church the first time you ask them. So you're going to have to have some patience and give it time and continue to do um, the things that you can to help sow the seed, water the seed, and let God do the rest. That's also something that is very freeing to know that we are not responsible for saving anyone because we can't do it anyway, but we do what we can to help sow the seed and, and water it. Amen? Amen? All right. All right, so back to our reasons uh, why we may struggle uh, to share the gospel um, it's because maybe uh, we don't know them. Maybe we don't hang out with them enough. Um, now, if you are new to the faith and you are um, going through this transitional period in life where um, you are just trying to get to know God's ways, surrounding yourself with believers is a wise thing to do, okay? So I will throw that out there. Um, that helps us in, in maturing and getting to know him if we don't know him already. Um, but if you are a believer and you've been a believer, we've got to make sure that we are around people that we can build relationships with. Uh, Ginger King um, shared yesterday in our meeting that she, she said, as a stay-at-home mom, I'm just home a lot and not around a lot of people. But uh, there was a, a woman that she knew that said she was a stay-at-home mom, but yet she was intentional about going to the store, the grocery store, and going to the same register with the same employee and building a relationship with this employee at the grocery store. And it got to the point where the employee asked her to pray for her. Isn't that something? Yeah. Just being intentional uh, was this outlet for this employee to open up, say, I, I just need prayer. Isn't that cool? 
It's cool to see what God can do when uh, we just give it over to him. So be intentional. Jesus was this way. Um, when we look into scripture, when he was on earth, the Pharisees got bothered that he was always with the unbelievers. That was one of the things that was consistent throughout the New Testament when he was here on earth was that uh, they got bothered because he was being intentional about his purpose. And so we need to make sure we're doing the same. Number four, these next two, uh, these next two got, me, got me pretty good, but uh, I couldn't dispute them. So uh, I wanted to share it with you. Maybe our faith isn't big enough. <laughs> I see some scrunchy faces. So it hit you like it hit me. Um, maybe our faith isn't big enough. Uh, we talk a lot about how our beliefs drive our actions here, right? We talk about that a lot. You guys can nod if you want. Just help me out. Let me know you're with me. Um, we talk about that a lot, right? If you believe something, there's going to be action behind it. Unfortunately, I think that this has proven for myself that my belief and my trust in what the Holy Spirit can do may not be in the best place. John 4, 35, there's a couple great points made in this scripture. It says, don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? This is Jesus talking. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus, the saying that one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. There's a couple good points in here that I really like. First off, at the very beginning of the scripture we read, it, it said, Jesus says, don't you have a saying it's still four months until harvest? Essentially what he's saying is, there, we live in a world of logic, right? The harvest takes four months. So we say, well, why am I gonna go reap the harvest when the four months hasn't taken place yet? Doesn't make sense. It's not logical. Why would I waste my time is how we think. Jesus is saying, I don't care, go, right? Um, Jesus, as many of you have experienced one, for, firsthand, you have you experienced that God works in the illogical that's what, that's what requires our faith. If it was logical, we wouldn't need faith. So Jesus says, go. I've worked this out. I've already worked this out. You don't know who has already planted the seed in someone's life, right? So you might be stepping into a conversation early on. You don't know what God has already been doing in their heart but we are just to act, act in that moment and do what he tells us to do. I, uh, as a sophomore in high school, I had just moved to uh, a new school. So I'd been raised in this school district, 
my whole life. We moved, and I was in this new school uh, altogether, and so didn't really know many, any, well, aside from my cousins, didn't know anyone. And, um, and so my sophomore year, I got to, to know a buddy of mine um, in history class. His name was Dylan. And we just kind of kicked it off, you know, and, and you know how it is. You, when you connect with someone, it just kind of starts flowing. And so we, we got kind of close and it got to the point where I had an opportunity to invite Dylan to church. And to my surprise, he said, yes. And I was like, sweet. Um, I got pumped up. I was excited because my friend was going to come to church. And so the time came Sunday morning and I get a text from Dylan and I go, he's not coming. Anyone, anyone experience that? You invite someone, you get that text Sunday morning. You're like, doggone, he's not coming. I pull up the text. He says, hey, a buddy of mine stayed the night. He'd like to come too. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. So then, I, you know, I, I'm like, sweet. This is awesome. So uh, Dylan asked if we could pick him up on the way. We go, we pick him up. And um, so Dylan and his buddy jump in the car and we're off to church. And what do you know? They loved it. Just, I mean, loved it. And they started coming week after week after week. But it got to a point where Dylan's mom and dad started asking questions about what was going on because he was going through this radical life change that they were seeing. And Dylan um, started getting questioned by mom and dad. Again, we're sophomores in high school still, you know. And, um, and so he starts backpedaling from this thing. He starts backpedaling from going to church even though he knew there was something right and something good, he started backpedaling. Um, but his buddy that I did not know prior to, and in fact, the only way I even knew him um, was getting on the bus uh, because he happened to ride the same bus. And to be quite honest with you, he wasn't my favorite. Um, just because he gave this vibe that I, I was I just... Eh. So I'm being, I'm being honest, right? So uh, I just didn't feel this vibe. Anyway, he starts going to church. We start getting close. He starts going through this radical change in life. And his name is, is Justin Stouter. Justin Stouter became one of my closest friends, lived with us for a, a long period of time. And he became a brother to Dustin and I. I mean, literally, we all slept in the same room. We were like brothers and I'm so proud to say that Justin gave his life to Christ, yes. that, that Justin is still living for Christ, that Justin serves at church still to this day. Um, he's brought mom into it, and it just starts having this ripple effect of what God can do. Amen? Like it, it was something that I asked a friend who asked a friend that I didn't know, and, and Jesus was working it all out, Right? It's cool to see him move in those moments. So don't hesitate. Step into it. Trust in the Holy Spirit that he can do it. And the, the last one, and this one thumped me maybe even harder than the one before. This is the last reason why we don't, we don't share the gospel. Mm, it's going to hurt to even say out loud to y'all. 
but we don't care enough about the unbeliever. Mm. Mm. Don't care enough. Again, this, this, is, this message is for me. My actions haven't shown that I care enough for the unbeliever. I just, mm. I told my link group Thursday night, I said, man, God has been stirring in my heart for like, just give me a burning desire for the unbeliever. Just give me this burning desire that you have for the unbeliever. Luke 19.10, it says, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. That's why he came. That's where his heart was. That's what he was all about. God, give me your heart. Give me your heart for those that don't know you. Help me, Lord, with that. The second ministry to the world the second ministry to the world, the first being evangelism. I know I'm throwing a lot of bullets at you here. The first one being evangelism. The second one is the ministry of mercy. The ministry of mercy. This is caring for the poor and needy. Again, scripture tells us to do this over and over again, to care, to care for the poor and the needy. Now, within this, um, it, there is poor and needy within the house and outside of the house, all right? So one of the responsibilities that we have as a church is to help family. And I am so happy to say that this church has a heart of generosity. I know that because any time we have come and said, hey, we have a need within the church. Every single time, everyone steps up, everyone provides, everyone donates so that we are able to meet the need in the church. I'd like to just give you all a hand because that is a beautiful, beautiful thing to have a heart of generosity that we love and care enough for one another to help each other. Um, in Acts Four, uh, this is right after the, the Holy Spirit came and fell, and the first church kind of began um, under the, the New Testament, as we've learned in this series. And um, this is so, so awesome. Um, I, I know it's, it's almost unrealistic to today's time, but it's so beautiful to me that I just have to read it. Uh, chapter 4, verse 33, it says, With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. This was when it just had happened, right? This is, the, this is new news to them. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses, they sold them, brought the money from the sales 
to the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had a need. Therefore, no one went without what they needed. Isn't that beautiful? That is a, a beautiful picture of what a family should look like, is that we have a need and we step up and help one another. And again, I am so proud to say we have done that here at the bridge. There's also a part to the ministry of, of mercy that goes outside of the church, right? There are plenty of needs that go outside of the church. And again, I am so proud to say that our Greater Than Me ministry has been able to meet so many needs outside of the church. And in fact, just Thursday night at Link, we mentioned that there is a three-week-old baby girl that didn't have a place to stay, didn't have a crib to sleep in, didn't have crib sheets, diapers, formula, and immediately our family here pulled together and started donating what they had to meet that need. Don't know this baby girl, but no baby girl deserves that, right? And so we pulled together and we were able to help meet the need. We had a crib immediately volunteered to give up to, to meet the need. And we had financial donations provided so that we could give formula, we could give diapers and help meet the need. Is that not awesome? I'd like to share some more of what our uh, Greater Than Me ministry has been able to do. So we have done two feeding the homeless uh, or hungry. They changed, we changed the name to, to hungry. Um, feeding the hungry, 200 people we have been able to feed that are hungry. We've been able to give them in the, in the winter months coats, covers, warm supplies that they can stay warm with as well. We've been able to go into the city and feed those that are hungry, that don't have uh, what we have, what we've been so blessed to have. Um, and we take for granted probably many, many times, right? Um, we have uh, donated to a family that didn't have resources to stay in their home, and they didn't even have the resources to move what they had out of that home. And so we were able to help them by hauling out their, their, what they did own out um, so that they could maintain what they owned. We were able to meet that need. We had a, a drive here at the church where we collected 132 food items and we gave that to a rest hunger organization to help meet the needs that they have and they're pushing for. 87 pounds of hygiene items were collected for the youth in need, for homeless teens that don't even have hygiene products. 87 pounds, I think I said in the video, that's like a 12-year-old boy. We were able to give them uh, that many items. I think that's amazing. We helped pack 3,000 bags of school supplies for the Wentzville School District. We were able to donate toward those supplies as well for those kids that just don't have the means to get the supplies they need to get the education that they need. We were able to pack 3,000 bags. Um, there were four people within the church that then went to the school's uh, festival um, where they uh, were present in the community 
just sharing, hey, we're the Bridge Church. This is what we do. This is what we believe. Here you go. Here's some information. Come check us out. Evangelizing, right? We had four people dedicate their whole uh, Saturday to that. Um, we helped at the Meals for a Million. 23 people showed up to Meals for a Million, where they packaged over 900,000 packages of food for those in need within our state. So we were able to contribute to, the, to that, not only our time of 23 people, but also $350 we contributed toward those materials and those supplies. We also helped pack meals for 100 kids within the Wentzville School District that don't have food for over the weekend. That's our community kids that don't have food for the weekend, uh, when they're not at school, getting the school food, we were able to help contribute toward that. That's the church that you're a part of. I'd like to give you all another round of applause. Hey, and, and I'll tell you this now, we are um, coming into the holiday season, and we want to end the year strong. And so we're going to have some more information coming out because uh, holiday times can be a tough time. Um, it's, it's a time where we get to celebrate with family, but it's also a time to realize that um, we might not have the family that we once had. We lost them or whatever the case may be. It can be a tough time, right? And so we want to make sure that we are helping those that are in need over the holiday season. So more to come there. Uh, we'd love to finish this year really strong in that regard. The last piece that comes with the ministry of mercy is influencing the matters within our community, influencing the items within our community, influencing governmental policies so that they would align more with the biblical moral principles that we believe in. This isn't to push any agenda of our own agenda. This isn't to push something that would benefit us. It's to make sure that the world, the society that we live in is a society that aligns as closely as we can with those biblical moral principles. I'm gonna read this because uh, uh, Tara and I are in the, in the middle of reading a, an amazing book right now. And, and I, I wanna make sure I nail this just right. But it says that in areas where there is systematic injustice manifested in the treatment of the poor and or ethnic or religious minorities, the church should pray. The church should speak out against those injustices. Yes. That is part of our responsibility. We have injustices in this world Amen? Amen? We have injustices in this world, and we are responsible for speaking out against those injustices. Galatians chapter 3.26 says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, 
nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. You are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. It takes every tribe, it takes every tongue, it takes every nation to fully reflect the image of God. I'm gonna say that again. It takes every tribe, tongue, and nation to fully reflect the image of God. We can't shy away from these conversations. We can't shy away from these injustices. We are to speak up. We are to bring it to where it needs to be. We are to see Christ in one another. We are to see Christ in one another. That can be tough sometimes. It can be tough sometimes, but we are to see Christ in one another. The worship team can go ahead and start making their way up. The primary, the primary purpose of the ministry to the world is evangelism. That is the primary purpose, the primary ministry to the world. We, um, we of course, are responsible for the ministry of mercy as well, but that cannot overshadow that cannot overshadow the great commission that Christ has called us to. And, and I pray and I hope that there was something, some tip, some point, some something that was able to help us to step out, to step out and have courage, to step out and have faith enough to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit because I'm sure you all can relate with me. There have been many, many times that the Holy Spirit has prompted me to go speak to someone and I talk myself out of it. Matthew 9, chapter, or chapter 9, verse 36. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. The, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I know I've fallen victim to believing that there just aren't many people interested in church. There aren't many people interested in knowing who Christ is. I have fallen victim to that so much, right? But I believe that scripture is truth. I believe his word. It says the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. The harvest is there. The harvest is waiting. It's up to us because the workers are few. It's up to us to step in and do what God has called us to do in the great commission that we are to go and make disciples of all nations.